am Jasmine. I don't like fascism. Hi, I'm Ellen. I don't like racism. And this is High Expectations. Hey, Ellen, you're back. I am back. Where have you been? I kind of feel like everyone else wouldn't recognize that I'm not back because of the magic of editing. You've been releasing episodes steadily and there's been no gaps. Mm. But that's because we um, recorded them all in advance. And <laughs> Yay! That's what people do sometimes. <laughs> we recorded three in a row. It was brutal. It was brutal. I don't know if I ever want to do three in a row again. You just feel like your voice going by the third. I can feel my going already. <laughs> I lost my voice a few days ago. So I probably shouldn't be doing this, but here I am because the show must go on. Oh, Sorry, okay. Open 10 Club. Get yourself out of bed for a week. I was listening to Up and Teen Club before I came here, and it's definitely like the G version or the PG version. Oh, yeah, there's no swearing. There's definitely, it's definitely PG, though, because, like, the shit that you say about somebody being in the bathroom, and I'll just stand here in the corner, and I'll turn away. It's funny. Like, it's so weird. <laughs> I hate being, like, it actually is so effective. This is what I do with your podcast. You're going to be really offended. Okay. But I hate being told what to do. I know. So the idea of you telling me to get out of bed, like, really pisses me off. I know. And it's okay. That's okay. So what I do, but I'm saying that your podcast is a success because what I do is I say, Ellen, if you don't get the fuck out of bed, I'll put Jasmine's podcast on. Oh. And it works. Awesome. (laughs) What would you do if somebody was like, I didn't get up when you told me to get up? It's okay. I mean, I understand it could be a struggle, but maybe tomorrow you'll join us. <laughs> the secret is that if you don't get up when she says get up at the end of Up and Ten Club, you and all of your family die. <laughs> Just dark magic. Ellen could be joking, but do you want to risk it? Yeah, don't risk that shit. <laughs> I'm the sort of person that would be like, oh, fuck. Well, just in case. <laughs> okay, I was away because I went to Japan. Yay! <laughs> It's pretty funny, actually, because you probably get asked me a bunch of questions like, why did you want to go to Japan? And I don't know. Do you want me to tell you the IRL reason <laughs> or, <laughs> or the reason I gave people in Japan that asked me? Because that's like the number one question the locals will ask you, like, what made you want to come to Japan? And it's like, how can you say, like, the reputation <laughs> without sounding really offensive? Mm. It's just like, I just said, I came here to see beautiful things. And my God, did I? In the traditional oh. sense and the not-so-traditional sense. Oh. So I think that is actually one of the number one reasons why I went to be amazed, I guess. Does this sound silly? Like, no, you, no. basically, I think the number one reason people travel is, you know, like, experience and learning. But, like, what do we really do when we travel? We're sightseeing, I think. Like, we want to see the Grand Canyons. We want to see the Eiffel Towers. We want to see the Louvre and all the amazing artwork. So why do people go to Japan? Because they want to walk into a bathroom and see a toilet seat lift up for them as they enter. And like even like that small detail is part mm. of the like huge, huge, like, you know, beautiful mosaic that makes Japan so special. There's just there's the details, I think. I know it's like sounds silly, but <laughs> the robot toilets like blew me away. <laughs> I just refer to them as the robot toilets. <laughs> I guess the first thing I did when I got off the... Okay, and there's TMI. But, you know, when you get off a long journey, you need to find a toilet. And that's when I encountered immediately these, like, very... Um, what's the word? Like, famous, basically, toilets. Mm. 
and and known I think they're known for two things being like amazing and really yeah real modern technology the seats warm up not everyone which is weird but sometimes you sit down and you're like oh that's that's nice and um, they have a bunch of buttons that do a variety of like interesting cool things and uh, they're also rumoured to be quite difficult to use because uh, if you when you want to flush them, the flush symbol is in kanji. But don't worry about that if you're going to Japan. I didn't encounter a single toilet that I was confused by. And some of them actually, the most confusing ones is they like covered in buttons and then you're like, how the fuck do I flush this? And then they just have like a normal flusher on the side. So it's like a, huh. it's like a fake out. Like it just like tricks you. <laughs> But yeah, I did learn the kanji for like flush, and that's helpful. And for women and men, because you don't want to walk into the wrong toilet. Oh, but yeah. Honestly, 99% of the time, that sort of stuff is labeled in English as well. It's actually like amazingly convenient as a traveler. And I think wherever you're from in the world, if you can speak English, you'll get by it okay in Japan. That's not to say that you won't have conversations with people that are really, really confusing. Mm. Because, of course, not everyone speaks fluent English, but, you know, that's what you sign up for going to a foreign country. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> cool. Do you have any questions about the toilets? It's things I've heard. Can you confirm or deny? Okay. Uh, music playing. Japanese toilets have a privacy setting in which that plays music, not every single one, but it might just start playing music for you when you enter the room, which is real creepy. Oh. You don't even have to press the button. And it's like sounds like a waterfall and birds singing a lot of the time. And I guess it's meant to mask the sound of your whizzing. But I just found it really relaxing. That's cool. <laughs> bidet? Oh, yeah. Bidet? Pretty much every single one. Can't be a bidet. <laughs> so the heated, heated seats? Heated seats. Any light settings or mood lighting? <laughs> no, I didn't see any of that. That's next level. I'm sure there are some toilets in Japan that have mood lighting. Do they talk to you? Oh, uh, no. No. I, ha- I did ha- encounter a lot of machines that talk to me, but not any toilets. <laughs> I was in a, a restaurant, and I think like people who have learned a little bit of English, or maybe a lot of English, I don't know, they want to talk to you and practice their English, which is really nice. <laughs> I had one woman walk up to me, and she was like, is there a big culture shock coming to Japan? And I said, like, to be honest, yes and no. I think like in terms of culture... There's a lot of things about Japanese etiquette that I think is quite foreign to a traveler. And there's lots of good YouTube videos about that. But, you know, I don't know. It was like, I think the culture shock that I've had in other Asian countries has been quite a bit bigger because they're just more like chaotic in a great way. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to be racially insensitive and I'm sorry if any of this episode comes across as racially insensitive. I'm, I'm trying like, I'm just, you know, I'm just Bill Murray. I'm just, I'm just trying to understand just different culture. <laughs> like, yeah, you're lost in translation. I'm lost in translation. It's, I, I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm going to try. But yeah, no, I didn't really have that. It was like, yeah, it's a big, busy city, but everything is designed in a way that is mostly quite easy to understand and navigate. So yeah, it was more just like those things I was talking about, like the toilets, or when you get a taxi, the doors open for you, or like it's quite normal to just have a robot hanging out in the bank. I mean, I'm not saying there's like robots walking down the street or anything. Like Japanese people seem to think there's a lot of sheep around and walking in the street. (laughs) And I keep saying like, 
nah, like, that's so silly. There's not sheep in the road. Come on. But there <laughs> totally is sheep in the road. So I can't sometimes, even argue that. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> one of the people I met over there was like, I just want to hug a sheep. And I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it's, like, overseas, everyone thinks New Zealand is just, like, for every person, there'll just be a sheep sitting next to them. Or or more. Because there's more sheep than people, right? So you go to... Yeah. I was joking with somebody that you go to a cinema and it's, like, all sheep and, like, two people. (laughs) (laughs) And all the subtitles are in bars. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) But, yeah, like, you know when you go overseas and there's, like, there's, like, weird stereotypes... I think, like, in Japan, it's like, you guys have lots of crazy robots. Being machines things, and robots. Machines and robots. Mm. That, that's kind of true to an extent. There's a cafe you can go into. I think it's in Akihabara. And I don't go there, but I just heard there's, like, heaps of robots. It's badass. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I probably should have gone there. Of the cool cafes I went to, I went to a cafe where it was called the Milky Way Cafe. It was on my list of things to do. <laughs> I crossed off the maid cafe off my list once I realized what they were really like. Much to Jaslyn's disappointment, but we'll get to that. Um, but Milky Way Cafe is like a star-themed dessert place, and you can get a dessert uh, to match your astrological sign. Cute. Yeah, it was really cool. It was really cool. And the Kauai Monster Cafe. I can't even really describe that. Just Google it, and you'll get a general idea. It's like, I don't know, cute, ugly, had a baby... It's just the most cute and the most, like, weird and fucked up all at once. Such it did a, look really cool from the photos. I it was. It was actually one of my favorite experiences. But, yeah, like, the things you have to be aware of when you're going into any of those kind of cafes is a lot of the time, because they're so popular, there's only about 90 minutes you can go in and you have to pay a surcharge. But that's pretty normal for, like, all over the world, probably. Get up now, please. Basically, mm. it's in high demand, so you can expect a pay fee. I don't know why we moved on to cafes. Did you finish all your questions about the toilets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no. I was going to say one more thing about the toilets. Oh, back to toilets. So, am I allowed to keep about yeah, the yeah, toilets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. I'm just, like, to me, it's like, whoa. I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> Bring it on back. So, like, the, the I'm such a child. <laughs> Let's talk about the loose. So, like, the, there's a B-Day and a, a bum washer. A bidet and a bum washer. So there's like, yeah, there's two what? different, yeah, there's two different settings. I don't actually use the bidet, so I don't know where it shoots. <laughs> <laughs> but I assume that they like shoot in different directions. So there's like one for your genital area, <laughs> and there's one for like any person who wants to clean their butt. Butts. Butts. Funniest thing about it is that there are pictures, so you don't have to know kanji to be able to figure it out. There's um, a picture of a butt for the butt one. I'm not joking. I'm sure it is. Makes sense. It looks like a butt. Mm. And then in the other one is like a woman sitting down. Yeah, to indicate like this is what you use if you're a woman, basically. Uh, okay. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I, I was talking to my friend who I stayed with over there and he was like, I've seen ones where <laughs> the B-Day is just a woman's head. And I'm laughing because it's just like, I don't know, if you were like an idiot or a foreigner, perhaps, you'd be like, I wash my face. <laughs> oh my god, amazing. <laughs> so that was like a little bit counterintuitive to like making it easy for people to understand what all the buttons do. 
But, like, the first hotel I stayed in was, like, don't play with the buttons. And I was like, okay, I won't play with the buttons. And then the next one I was like, there's no sign this is a can't play with the buttons, so let's see what happens. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Oh, and you can change the the pressure as well. The water pressure. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Now, is it like a single jet or is it like a continuous stream? Well, then I have to confess that I used one. Okay, fine, I used one. Um, It was a continuous stream of, like, warm water. Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not finished with the toilets. Some Japanese toilets, when they flush, they have a sink at the top of them, and then the water flows through the sink so you can wash your hands as well. Oh, that's clever. It's very clever. It also grossed me out. (laughs) Because, like, I don't... I was like, this is oh, so... Oh, I get it now. Yeah, I was like, this is so foreign to me. Is this water dirty? But, of course, it's not dirty. But I just felt icky. I remember you saying that some of the toilets were also sinks. Yeah. And I was like, do you wash your hands where you just peed? No, 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 no. Like, at the top. At like, the at the top. cistern. That makes so much more sense. Is that sense. how you say it? Cistern? It's cistern. not a word I have to say every day. Cistern. Cistern. Is there anything more you want to say about the toilets? No, I just, like, wanted to say that they have a sink at the top, and I think it's unusual. It is unusual. <laughs> okay. We touched on the Kawaii Cafe. Yeah. What other cute shit did you see? Um, oh, so much. I went to the Studio Ghibli Museum and I don't know. I don't want to spoil it for you too much. I think part of the magic of the museum is that you're not allowed to take photos inside and I don't think you can see any online either. So, like, I think part of the experience is that you have to go there to know what it's really like. But I will say that there's, like, a lot of kind of, like, mm, little steps you can go up and, I don't know, things like that. Just, like, a big, big cat bus from the movie My Neighbor Totoro. And it's full of soot sprites. Do you know what a soot sprite is? No. Um, it's, like, it's a little spirit and they look kind of like soot with eyes. That's the best way I can describe it. Just look it up. Soot Sprite. It's also in Spirited Away. The Soot Sprites. I haven't seen any Studio Ghibli. Studio Ghibli. I keep forgetting that. It's just like such like a normal thing for me. I've seen so many. When I was over there, I watched um, Princess Mononoke because I was talking to a guy at my hostel like, I haven't seen Ponyo or Princess Mononoke. And he's like, you haven't seen Princess Mononoke? watch this immediately and i was like okay whoa but yeah and it was really good and really fucking weird and in a good way and i liked it did you see harajuku girls harajuku harajuku uh that yeah so that's like a for anyone who doesn't know like a part of the suburb i guess you could call it what do you call them suburb of tokyo um maybe they're not even called suburbs because they're bigger i don't know (laughs) an area of tokyo and there's a street there called Takshida Dori, I think. I can't really say. I'm sorry, my Japanese is really poor. It's just like this uh, this quite well-known street that's full of, um, yeah, Harajuku clothing that you would associate, like bright, loud kind of stuff. There's a really cool lolly place, and there's just a lot of random shit. I just, like, saw so much random shit. Like, they they had this statue, and it was just, like, a dog made of gummy worms. Just stuff like that. I can't really explain. But the other thing mm. that, like, is really interesting about that part of Tokyo is that it's just full of youths. Just, like, sweaty youths. <laughs> <laughs> just young people of all varieties. Like, you know, they travel from all over Japan to check this street out. And I went there quite early in the morning. There's a lot of people who say, like, don't even bother, it gets so crowded. But when I was in there in the morning, 
yes, it was already crowded. And wow. I also had the great, the great fortune of uh, being in Japan when they had some sort of school holidays. Um, I couldn't really understand though because the kids were all wearing uniform and they kept interviewing me about where I'm from. So I think they were like they were like school trips. I think okay. they all had school yeah. trips. Funny. Yeah, it was really funny. <laughs> it was really cute. Um, I was more than happy to take as many interviews as possible, but I did get asked the same questions over and over again. And so they were like, what Japanese food do you like? And I was like, I guess I'll like make up different things every time, but because otherwise I'll get bored. I did actually get interviewed about six or seven times by different students. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) And once when I got like green tea ice cream in a cafe and they think that she ran out of English because we just stared at each other for a while and it was really awkward, but it was really sweet. It's amazing. Because I can understand. Like, I don't really, I only really speak English, which is something that really hit me in the face when I was over there. I was like, wow, like, this is quite debilitating in a lot of ways. Like, not knowing Mm. any Japanese at all, really, except excuse me and thank you was really hard. And I don't know what to, like, advise people traveling there. Like, I think definitely, like, learn how to say hello and thank you and goodbye and how are you? Like, you, they're not going to be able to expect you to speak Japanese. And I think unless you're fluent, once you start getting into Japanese, people will continue to answer in Japanese. And then that's like a, mm-hmm. that's a situation. <laughs> so yeah. you'll be like, oh, fuck, okay. How to explain? I don't speak this language. <laughs> um, but people get really excited if you make an effort. Because I think a lot of travelers are like, oh, well, they'll speak English with me anyway, which is very arrogant. It is. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite Japanese food? I don't know. I like, I don't know the names of anything. I describe I really, it. Describe it. Okay. I really liked Japanese curry. It's quite different from like Indian curry, and that's what I off, always, almost always associate with curry because in New Zealand, just a lot of Indian places, Malaysian places. It's like quite a bit thicker, and it's very rich. And um, I found out that it was made with wheat flour, which sucks. Oh no. Yeah. Um, by the way, if you are gluten-free or are gluten intolerant, I'm not going to say it's impossible. I could have tried a lot harder. I'm gluten sensitive, so I did eat gluten here and there. And sometimes I just ended up eating fries because I just didn't know what had gluten and what didn't. And like I said, I wasn't very confident in speaking Japanese, so. But it's hard. It's actually really hard to be gluten-free in Japan. There's no real concept of celiac disease or the dietary requirements, mm. which is hard. But otherwise, that was good. Um, and every morning, I would have a Japanese breakfast at my accommodation in Tokyo, which was like a traditional uh, Japanese inn. And I can't say the word that it is because it's too hard for me. <laughs> I tried many times. No. <laughs> they had a plate with all these separate little compartments, which is really common, and I really like it because then you'll have like a little bit of vegetables or like in your rice and your um, meat and yummy. And I would get fried squid every morning and Ooh. like, yeah, like cubes of rice with salt and, or triangles rather, gherkins and miso soup, which again, not gluten free. <sighs> yeah. And I'd eat that every morning with my chopsticks. Learned how to do chopsticks pretty good. And that was really good. Another thing I really liked is when we went out for food in Osaka, we, we went to this like hot pot place. I don't remember what it was called. It was like all you can eat. And Ooh. yeah, we chose all these ingredients like meat. And um, what I really liked is they had these like rice cakes and you would put it 
that they cooked really quickly, so you would put it in the stock real quick and then pull it out again. But because I wasn't super good with chopsticks, I couldn't do it, so I had to get somebody else to do it for me. But yeah, that was really good. Yeah, all you can eat was awesome. And I was there with Japanese speakers, so I didn't have to do any of the ordering. Awesome. That being said, I traveled through Japan mostly by myself and some days were hard, but overall it was a great experience. I think traveling alone, if you're scared to do it, just don't be. It's really fun. I mean, depending on where you go, some places are a lot scarier than Japan. Japan is a very safe place. It's um, actually, I never think how safe it is in Japan. There, there wasn't a, like, there was only one time that I felt even uncomfortable, to be honest. That's good. Yeah. I'm glad you um, got through that okay. Yeah, and there were times when I got lost, but people would just walk up to me and help me. Like, when they looked nice. like, confused or distressed, people were just like, what's wrong? And it's fluent English, just help me. No. Yeah. But I only went into the main city centres, so... I guess if you go out in more remote places, you might have a very different experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so vending machines are very famous in Japan. Uh, yeah, they're, yeah, they're very, what's the word? Ubiquitous. Ubiquitous. This is probably the best word. They're everywhere. Mm. Basically, you could be on a remote suburban street and a lot of the time, I guess where I went, there are vending machines and most of the vending machines have drinks in them and they're all these like crazy varieties of drinks, mainly fruit or Coca-Cola or tea. Obviously tea is a huge deal in Japan, especially green tea. Everything's green tea flavored as well, much to my distress. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, try some of this green tea ice cream. It sounds really good. And I was like, it tastes like green tea. I guess that's what I signed up for. I thought it would be like a sweetened version of green tea. It wasn't. Sounds very unpleasant. <laughs> it's great if you like green tea. <laughs> Just like, it's one of my like biggest food pet peeves when I eat something that I think is going to be sweet and then it turns out to be not because that's why I hate olives. When I first had olives, oh, yeah. I was like, maybe this would be quite sweet and nice. And like, no, it's salty as all fucking hell. And so after that, yeah. I was like, always put off. I don't really like olives. It's like a fake out grape. <laughs> I don't know if our listeners know, but Jaslyn has lots of bizarre food likes and dislikes but some of mine are and jasmine shares this i don't like eggs that much which which is not fun in japan either because they love eggs eggs are in everything (laughs) i went to this place and it was called like omelet or something i don't know it's something to do with an omelet and it just had like an omelet and pork and rice and that was the grossest meal I had there because the omelette like wasn't super well cooked and like that's fine like people who like eggs I don't think they like eggs well cooked I hate eggs so when I <laughs> and I do sometimes make myself eat them um, I either make my omelette full of cheese and yeah just really well cooked and that was not what I had that was a bad meal I had oh, and it's not necessarily bad it was just bad for me like it's not my ideal sometimes pork can be really dodged too so I remember when you were in Tokyo airport to come home, you sent me a photo of like some wall of tiny vending machine things or were they like gift yeah. machines? Yeah, it's so funny you're talking about that because I was listening to an episode of Indoors Women and they were talking about Japan. Meg lived there for a while, as we know. Shout out Meg. Shout out to Meg and Jen. And they were talking about how they had like so many of the trinkets from there that they are uh, their cell phone charms that Jen, her husband, decorated a whole Christmas tree. 
pretty i don't know i don't know what they're actually called and they said in the episode like what's the japanese for it oh well who knows so i don't know either thanks for like the missed opportunity guys no i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding i could have googled that what's wrong with me it's like i get all my education from podcasts that is actually true um <laughs> yeah so these machines are everywhere like they had there's a place in tokyo i think where it's just a whole shop dedicated to different kinds of these machines so pretty much like we have them very infrequently in new zealand they are these machines where you put coins in and then you turn a dial you turn it we're doing we're doing the motions you guys can't see because it's a podcast but we're never gonna learn that so you turn it and then you you get this little bubble and inside like a kinder surprise you get a little toy or a trinket of some kind or i'll get into the many many thing variety of things you can get in these but you don't really know what you're gonna get so that's what's fun about it like there'll be a theme one of the things i got were this this little light up toy and it actually lights up changes colors and then it starts like flashing lots of different colors before it turns off and you can turn it on by um pressing the buttons at the bottom of it and I got a chick, but you could get like a chick or a rabbit or a cat or you didn't know what you were going to get. I'm sure everyone has experienced this before, seen these machines. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. They're, they're not really around in New Zealand, eh? No. I've seen them a couple of times. I didn't realize like the, I would actually just say obsession for them in Japan. Like <laughs> at the airport, they have a lot of these because like I did, you have a lot of loose change left over. There's, right. uh, Japan's a very... Um, cash-based society which is quite cool i've heard other places are like that too i think the uk is quite like that jason's never been to the uk so she's like i don't know elena <laughs> no i've definitely heard that the uk is definitely a cash-based society please write in and tell me i'm wrong it was either like the uk or the states or something but i feel like in the states everyone uses credit cards maybe and debit cards yeah we have this thing called fpos cards in new zealand and nowhere else has them. I know. And it's so hard to explain to people. And I didn't know that we were one of the only countries that used FPOS cards. It's not like a debit card, really. No. It's, but it is, I guess, the equivalent is the debit card. Is that what everyone uses overseas? The closest thing would be a debit card, yeah. So no other countries use FPOS cards? Australia does, but only if you've, like, purchased over, like, $20. Oh. Whereas here it's, like, if anything under $2... It's kind of frowned upon to use FPOS, but you can. Yeah, I do it all the time. One time I got told off at the dairy and I was like, this is our yeah. main form of currency, this is New dude. Zealand. This is New Zealand. Not used to cash. It. Uh, so you'd use these machines <laughs> and you get like, yeah, a little kind of surprise thing and you don't know what you're going to get. So yeah. And so you have a lot of money left behind. I was saying Japan's a very cash-based society. You put your coins in. What's annoying about it is like you have to use... A lot of the time, 100 yen coins. Uh, actually, it's the same for the vending machines. They only take certain coins. Japan, much like the UK, probably the States as well. They have, like, do they still have one? They have pennies in the States, eh? Yeah. Yeah, they have those in Japan too. They have one cent coins. We are shaking our heads because in New Zealand, we faced out five cent coins. We only have 10 cents, 20 cents, 50 cents. 50 cents. A dollar, two dollars. And then we go to notes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Five, ten, fifties, or twenties, fifties. This is a good way to run your currency. I'm not. I'm not patriotic about a lot of things. That's a lie. But I am patriotic about the way we exchange currency. There are too many coins. <laughs> Every time I visit another country, I'm like, why so many coins? And it was the worst in Europe. 
because you're speaking a European language and you don't understand the coins. And then they're like, give me this kind of coin. And I'm like, I don't know what you're asking for. You're asking me in French. <laughs> but people in Japan keep laughing at me because so they've got one yen, five yen, ten, I think, ten. No, yes, definitely ten yens. I remember those. And 50, 100 yen, 500 yen. And then they go on to notes. Then you go 1,000 yen. It's a lot of coin. And the um, the 5 yen and the 50 yen to a foreigner look really similar. The 5 yen, like little round bronze coins with a hole in the middle. The 50 yen are slightly larger silver coins with a hole in the middle. <laughs> and when it's dark and I'm like looking at my coin purse... I would pull out a five yen and put it down as if it was a 50. I did this on multiple occasions and I was like, is that enough? And they'd be like, lol, no, this is a five yen. Ha ha ha. Idiot. No, they didn't say idiot. But they'd just be like, lol. That's so silly, you know. But it was confusing. Sounds really confusing. But anyway, these machines only take 100 yen coins. I feel like I've given a lesson on the different types of coins there are. And so if you're like, I have millions of coins and none of them are 100. I also had the same problem on uh, transport because on transport, you have to have the exact change in the buses in Kyoto. But what you can do is you can change money in a machine at the front. Isn't that amazing? It's cool. Yeah. And like a lot of places like that, if you had to use the exact right coins, they would have a money changer somewhere. It's all very convenient. But the buses are so weird. You get on at the middle. Oh. And then you sit on the bus for however long you want to go. In Kyoto, it's a flat fee of 230 yen, which is really cheap, I think. And then, yeah, you have to have the exact change. But if you don't, you have to change money. But you have to change your money at the front next to the driver. And you have to do that at some point during the journey before you get off. But, of course, the buses get packed and then you can't get to the front and then you don't have the right amount of change. It gave me so much anxiety, honestly. Me too. Because it said, like, change your money before you get off the bus. Like, that was a big emphasis. I think it was because, like, they don't want you to fuck around when everyone's leaving the bus. And I was like, what if I can't? Oh, my God. Oh. And there were times when I was like, I have a 500 yen coin and I don't have a 100 yen coin. Or, like, I don't have enough tens. And, oh. like, not having the right amount of change is, like, a huge anxiety for me. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah, and then you pay as you get off the bus. Isn't that weird? It is weird. It was so different. <laughs> I keep making it out like it was like hugely foreign. It really wasn't. It was just like in New Zealand, you get on the bus at a f- the front, you pay before you enter, and then you're done. Unless you have a snapper card, which is like an oyster card or whatever they have in your country. You know what I'm talking about. Those transport cards, you got to snap off in the end. And you go out at the centre. So it was literally reverse of the situations mm. that we have in the buses here in New Zealand. It makes a lot of sense that when you see foreigners around, they're like, I don't understand your transport system or like, I don't understand your currency. Yeah. Because when you go to a different country, that's the exact experience you get, right? Mm. I remember when I worked at um, a service station, they'd be like, what coins are what? And like, that's definitely an experience <laughs> I had in Japan. Anyway, yeah. You put your coins in and then you get a toy. And they have heaps of these at the airport. And you can get everything from, like, the, that light-up toy that I said. There's a lot of, like, trinkets and toys and Hello Kitty stuff and Snoopy peanut stuff. I took a long, long time trying to decide what I wanted to buy because I was down to my, like, last coins. I decided that I wanted to get a little Snoopy pouch because I thought that would be the most practical. And I got it for Hamish and he likes Snoopy. 
But yeah, I think they, I don't know, like it wouldn't be unusual to find like puzzles or anything really. Anything that could be useful, you'd probably find in these machines. <laughs> or not useful, mm. just cute. That's cool. I remember seeing one and it was like Shiba in the bath. And like different kinds of baths, like in different coloured Shibas, like hanging out in the bath. <laughs> I remember there was a shop that had a hats for cats. Oh, that was actually like a department store right. called Tokyo Tokyo Hands. I don't know how to say it. it's like Tokyo Hands, and it's uh, quite well known for like tourists really like it there because it's got pretty much everything you can imagine. Like my favorites, it's always going to be the miniature furniture. There's like a lot of like dolls' houses and miniature furniture things. Yeah. I think I may have shown you the um, the sushi sets. That you can get for kids. Do you remember me showing you that? Oh, I saw that in a toy store, but anyway. They had heaps of Sylvanian family stuff, and whenever I saw it, I'd, like, freak out. Because they had it all in big displays, and they had all the furniture lined out and everything. And I love Sylvanian families. But yeah, they also had... <laughs> you can get those in the, the machines, too. Um, hats for cats. And they had, like, eight different varieties as well. <laughs> of Care Bear hats for cats. <laughs> Cat did not look happy. <laughs> I should have gotten a hat for cats, but for my dog. But she would, like, take it off immediately. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I feel like I spent the whole time talking about, like, money and toilets. And- <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on. Let's do a two-parter. Okay. That was... That was Japan. That was Japan part one. Apparently. Part one. <laughs> Don't be one of those dicks who listens to part one and then doesn't download part two. Yeah. Because we're going to hear about... Maid cafes. And Hedgehog cafes. Owl cafes. And why I was so keen for Alan to go to a maid cafe. <laughs> I'll talk more about Tokyo. Like, I saw quite a bit there, so... Temples and Osaka and, and... And Wendy's. At the end of my trip, I spent a lot of time in Wendy's, and there's a lot of different sources. So, you guys, buckle up. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Konnichiwa, Megudes. Hi, this is Meg from the Indoors Women podcast. I'm here to say thank you so much for listening to High Expectations, and to throw in some Japanese phrases to go along with Ellen's adventures. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend. If you have any comments or questions, please send an email to highexpectationspodcast at gmail.com or leave a comment on a post. Find Jaslyn and Ellen on Facebook and Instagram at High Expectations Podcast or on Twitter at High EX Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Pocket Casts, Podcast Addict, or wherever you enjoy podcasts. Have a great week! Bye! Jane! I just, I don't understand life. Me, not talk. You do the talk, please. Got it? Friend. Got it.